Today, it's anything you want to talk about. Uh, I'm out on the restream watching you guys. And of course, we're in Clubhouse as always. And uh, for Clubhouse, all you gotta do is raise your hand and uh, I'll bring you up uh, from the from the audience and the podium. In fact, I've got a few questions, a few hands up right now. Let's do it. Our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Lizzie, Lizzie Press. We'll just get right to the calls. I've got a couple other things I want to talk about. Um, I noticed on uh, some of the live streams I've been on, there's a lot of interest in narcissism all at once, all of a sudden again. Hi, Lizzie. What's going on? Um, can you can you hear me? Sorry, I, I, I did I unmute myself? Yep, you did. <laughs> kind of, okay. Yep. It's perfect. Oh my god. I am sorry. I'm 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 like I'm not trying to fangirl out or anything like that. I just want you to know that I've been like. Uh, and this is, uh, let, let me include your wife in this because I think she's lovely too. Um, I have been, you've been a focus of like my, let me explain the fantasy. <laughs> there was, <laughs> there it is. It's not like, this should be not, interesting. Please get right to it. <laughs> no, well, you no, know, no. Let me, let me make it easy for you. I've noticed how intimate the relationships are with YouTube and streaming shows and stuff. You, you feel, they feels like your friend you're hanging out with, right? I mean, you really feel like you of miss course. them if you don't go to the, don't if you miss a Absolutely. show or yeah, it's it's very odd. It's very, and, so, but go ahead. I don't. I, it's a weird. It's a very weird feeling. It's mm -hmm. funny you should mention that because like well, you know with just celebrity in general, it's like I don't like that feeling of like I know something about somebody but they don't know me. Like and, and how you know the cult of celebrity in this in this mm -hmm. uh, country mm -hmm. and all that. It's crazy. Now, so it, it's not. Yes, it's more of like what you do that I'm such a fan of. But specifically, <sighs> okay. You were part of a movie. I don't know the depth of how how, how big of a part you were. Where you, I know you narrated it. Oh um, yeah, divorce divorce court. Yeah, divorce court. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was I, I was a was developed and written. They they came to me to read the read read the uh, the narration and to help with yes. promotion. But I got rather involved with it. And the guy that oh. really spearheaded it was a surgeon who became a biotech entrepreneur and then got a divorce and he said he was he's a super bright guy and he just said he was sitting in family court and watching these catastrophes roll by and he thought some first of all I need to understand what's going on here better clearly there's a lot of hidden information uh, and secondly this is a catastrophe this this is a mess and uh, oh, yeah. thus divorce court well I want to thank you, by the way, for that, and uh, you know, for all you do, because I, I you. you know, we all know. But um, that movie in particular. So, I'm living that nightmare mm. and have been for about a decade. Mm, um, Ten and, years. Oh my god. About a decade. Uh, and and so the, the irony is, uh, I did have a baby with a sort of a celebrity. Okay, and he's an actor, and I mean, you know, a character actor. So whatever. It's not super famous, but probably makes it will definitely make seven figures minimum for the rest of his life um but he stole my child uh he took me to court 
he absolutely used the family court. I don't know how much you remember of that movie and the, the just the ills of what goes on there and just it's it's and I am in a place. So and then has now <clears throat> he lost, by the way, he completely lost in court. And this is what I find to be sort of terrifying in a way that if you really think about it, whether it's the, the Supreme Court of any state or, or, or just of the Supreme Court, which is sort of the highest uh, you know, the highest. I, I feel like there's a big, big problem with accountability in 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 our world, in our country. Mm-hmm. And who who is the Supreme Court? Who are the courts accountable to? Really, nobody. That's that well, was sort well, of especially thing. family court. Fa- family court. The the, right. the part you don't realize that, that sort of. If I could just summarize some of the some of the really serious concerns I had after learning about this. You, you first of all. <laughs> You relinquish your constitutional privileges at the door. It is outside of the normal function of our constitution. I don't understand why that happens or how that happens, but it, it happens, number one. Number two, the judges and the attorneys involved in family court are all very chummy, sort of work for each other and consult with each <laughs> other. And then you yeah. throw in the psychologists, and that is sort of a... an endless source of revenue for people that want to keep milling um you know these the the uh the conflict you know it just can keep going and going and going and and the attorneys will do it keep it going until the money runs out it's just it's just unreal and if you're if you're a regular person like i was who was with and i don't you know i do really believe my ex has absolutely covert malignant narcissist the only difference i feel like is between someone like a donald trump or and and my ex is like my ex is a paid liar mm-hmm. so you could see donald trump coming from a mile away you know what you're doing with mm-hmm. but with, mm-hmm. with someone that's an actor they're like paid to lie and so when somebody wants and and i think there's a lot and and you're one of the few people that touches on this subject i don't think so i think it's a lot easier and I and look, I'm guilty of this myself. It's a lot easier to, um, well, it's hard for people to accept evil. That so that's what I'm guilty of because I I was with this guy and I think we were too young. We were we were teenagers, so I don't think okay. he knew or I knew, uh, you know, at the time. But like, um, it's people have a hard time understanding evil, and so instead of like getting their heads around that they would rather say oh it's probably something wrong with me well so, so hold on so that, that you're getting yeah. into this is kind of where i wanted to go today but you've taken it you've leapt into a really Sorry. interesting aspect Sorry. of it <laughs> well, what what do you mean by evil because this is something you know well, I, I mean is and and so i want to make it clear that so i won my case yeah let's not let's not let's not aim at a particular my kid yeah, let's right. not, let's not aim at anybody, anyway. you know, yeah, well, that's awful. Yeah, I'll just make it just brief by saying okay. he's, he, I won my case and he stole my kid anyway. Mm-hmm. So for 10 years, my child's been not kidnapped legally by by um, utilizing the court uh, system. Mm-hmm. He, he just did it anyway, and there's no accountability. Great. And so when I say evil, I've done it sort of a deep dive over about a decade studying this to really understand. I didn't even know the word narcissist mm. other than the, meaning vain, like how my stepmom used to call me and my sister narcissistic like mm-hmm. we were vain i didn't know about narcissistic personality disorder meaning lacking empathy right. and what comes with that and what the level that these people will go to and i really think people just are like and as time goes on 
like, you know, this person used the pandemic as just a complete like way to completely block off communication with my son and I, who I've always been extremely, I raised him the first five years of his life. We've always been extremely close. And now it's, it's, it's just terrifying. And so I think people underestimate the level. It's very hard to, to, to come to, to grips with evil and that it exists. Well, let and me, let me, I mean, you, yeah. you've, you've, you've given us a nice sort of springboard to, to, you know, to pursue this conversation this evening. So Lizzie, I'm going to put you back in the audience. I thank okay. you for coming on and thank you for the nice comments. And hopefully you can keep, we'll keep taking your questions here on Clubhouse as time goes on. Cause we do do these on a regular basis and I'm happy to, I do kind of remember when people show up here. Um, so, so let's, let's talk about it just for a minute. And I, and I see you guys in the waiting room here with hands up. I'll get you in a second. Do I, one of the things on the restream here, do we all agree that evil exists? Okay. And the question though, it gets rather complicated. Where is, where mental illness or neurological problems or, um, personality disorders leave off and evil begins? I, the only kind of evil I know of is psychopathic evil where people actually enjoy seeing other people suffering. There is such a thing as, as someone who has various kinds of, there's various syndromes of arousal, the worst being sexual, other just being glee and delight in other people's misery and, and horror. Uh, and that can go very, very bad. So that is evil as far as I'm concerned, but that is pretty rare. That is, I mean, you have to be a psychopath. You have to probably been severely abused as a child. And then you still have to find enjoyment from other people's misery, which is not a, not a normal, yeah, Johnny Demonic, himself a demon, says, uh, get ready for, buckle in for nature versus nurture. Right, there are some genetic correlates to psychopathy, obviously. Uh, so, in fact, some people believe that pure psychopathy is really a genetic disorder. Psychopaths really are people that don't have feelings. It's not what narcissists are, right? Uh, narcissists are people that, for whom feelings don't matter very much, at least in certain circumstances. They lose track of them. And not only so much um, feelings, but your feelings in particular. And so they have what's called empathic failure, particularly when they're getting angry and they're sort of engaged in their narcissistic rage or you interfere with them getting something they want very much then your feelings really have really may not matter a psychopath literally doesn't know what a feeling is it's interesting when uh, if you've seen the the hulu series dropout about elizabeth holmes the one woman that did this business with the stupid drop of blood uh for theranos she several times in the scripts goes i i know i'm not normal i, I don't have feelings she goes i know i love you but i just don't have feelings like other people have feelings and it's it's well portrayed in there so and not having one of the things that really sets people up to do evil is not having feelings, right? Because if you don't have feelings, if you can't appreciate feelings in yourself, how can you appreciate them in someone else, right? And so narcissists lose track of them. Now, there are three, uh, let's see. I'm looking at your comments on Restream here just a second. Don't shame me for liking to be, oh, no. Uh, no shame, kink shaming. That's not what I'm getting into. Uh, humor and awful things to laugh it off instead of getting sucked into the depression. Well, humor and awful things, uh, as long as it's a strategy for dealing with awful things, not a way of actually, 
um, ignoring awful things or pretending they don't exist or actually finding glee in awful things. So, okay. So there are three common sort of personality disorders are, are characterized by A, B, and C, essentially. There's dependent personalities, there's obsessive compulsive personalities, the paranoid personalities, but the cluster B personalities are the ones that have been absolutely predominant for the last 50 years. Uh, before that, they were not. In fact, in the late 19th century, people debated whether narcissistic personality disorder even existed. That's how unusual it was, and now it is commonplace. But uh, equally as common is borderline, which is the other one in the in the cluster B trait, the narcissistic cluster. So it's borderline personality disorder, uh, sociopathic personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. But actually having a personality disorder is, is fairly unusual. It's only a few percentage points uh, in the population at large. But having traits of one of these three, three, these three areas, exceedingly common today, exceedingly common. And it's creating lots of trouble. Lots of problems. And I would say the, the number one problem is envy. The, and, and I saw it coming I, I, when I wrote the book, The Mirror Effect. I, if you look through there, you'll see me referencing envy a lot. I wanted to write an entire chapter on it and how I felt that envy is what creates the guillotines. There it is, an old book. And thank you, Caleb. And that the guillotines would come out. I, I knew it was much like pre-revolutionary France when I wrote that book. And I said that there's got to be a time when we start scapegoating massively. And that's it. That's cancel culture. That is what that is. That is acting out of envy. If somebody else triggers envy or narcissistic rage, you must bring them down. And envy is not jealousy. Jealousy is you are you have something I want. I'm going to work really hard to get it. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that you have it and I don't. Envy is you have something that I don't have. I have to knock you down. I have to bring you down to my level. That's a disgusting trait. The terrible, terrible trait. All right, so we'll talk more about it in just a second. Uh, Finn, what's going on? Can you hear me? I hear you. George. Excellent. So um, it's been a minute. Uh, yeah. I posted a couple of times at Locals. There's a guy called Jack Barsky. He's mm -hmm. former KGB, mm -hmm. uh, is now an American citizen, has an incredible uh, autobiography brand new podcast series and right as the russia ukraine thing started he's been a contributor on podcasts and all the major um uh cable news channels um he's very easy to get a hold of i've had email exchanges with him before and okay. i think he would be a phenomenal guest for this stream all right susan make note be very interesting i see i'm looking at his wikipedia right now um a lot yeah, of so, a lot of goofy uh, stuff write it down uh, here it I'm is. sure you know the show The Americans. Yeah. He was one of those. Oh, interesting. The real deal. Mm. Yeah. It's a phenomenal life story. He was born in uh, East Germany, was a chemist and recruited by the KGB, sent to the States, lived in his American, fake being American for 10 years, and eventually what he calls retired from the KGB, and it's been a, an American. Um, and his takes on the internals of you know, the former KGB and now, you know, what's now the FSB and the Kremlin are are quite interesting. Can you give us a little sketch, a little, a little uh, like he's, preview of what we're going to learn? Uh, I think, let me, let me see, think of one specific thing. Uh, well, he, he talks a lot about um, how... You know, people are saying that Putin wants the 
the great Putin thought that the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the downfall of the Soviet Union. And mm-hmm. He's trying to rebuild it, mm-hmm. but in reality, from from his perspective, he's trying to rebuild the Russian Empire and and Ukraine. You know, particularly um, Kiev was the start of the Russian uh, culture, the, the culture, Rus. the culture. Yes. Yeah. No, he wants so he wants to, he wants to restore the Slavic roots and the Slavic Empire. Right. Yeah. And uh, another thing. Um, it's a little bit unrelated, but he he also spoke about Yuri the Yuri Bezmenov video. Mm. That's that one from the and how that one from the seventies where he was describing how right. how they would deconstruct America. Yeah, right. And his perspective was the KGB was not powerful enough to do what Bezmenov said, and Bezmenov wasn't actually like a KGB agent per se. I mean, he was affiliated, but yeah, it's it, it's wild stuff. Um, he he got into a whole thing on Patrick uh, Bet David's podcast about that, but yeah, I just think he would be a a, a really right, fun talk. I, I've already sent oh, the excellent. emails out, and uh, we'll see if they can track him down. So it's it's done. A oh, done. Sweet, excellent, excellent, right, excellent. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. No problem. Well yep. done. Uh, our buddy Leopold was uh, there on the line. There he is. Let's get Leopold up here. And Susan, don't you owe Leopold an appearance on this show? Yeah, and a bobblehead. Leopold. Right. You Le- have to oh. sign a couple of them for me because every right. time I go, oh, i got to send these, you have to sign Leopold's them. the winner. Hey, Leopold. Leopold and who's the other one? Mm-hmm. It was, um, um, oh, God, what's his name? Harley. Oh, yeah. Harley's, I haven't forgotten Harley's you. Weird. I'm just horrible at putting stuff in the mail. And, and Leopold, I don't know if you're talking, but your mic is muted. Or were you being kind to Susan? You get your collector's item. It'll be untouched. Oh, you're still muted. We there you go. There you are. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, you sound good. How's your health? Oh, my God. Um, like a hundred times better. Good. I was in a uh, health immersion. I can't really talk in detail about it. Uh, I could talk to you off air about it. Is it in this country? But you No, know, it was uh, in the Middle East. Oh, I've heard about these places. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And it really and, worked, huh? Oh, my God. Uh, the pain, uh, is about 90% gone. Hmm. The, I'm off three different medications already. Uh, it, it's amazing. And it's as simple as it could be. Um, I mean, I, I would not have believed it if you told me that, you know, doing what we did in this health immersion would, would solve a lot of the, uh, issues. How long was it? But, uh, What's that? How long were you there? I was there for three weeks and um, basically lost 14 pounds. uh, I'm off medication. Right. Uh, The pain pain is gone. Um, And it was as simple as being on a a whole plant food diet Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, stress reduction through yoga and uh, mild exercise. I, I know it sounds so ridiculously easy and basic and and i would not have believed you said this is what you need to do to you know kind of uh cure some of these uh, long COVID symptoms i would not have believed isn't it. that interesting and, uh, i've got a friend that had took the uh, booster and got severe uh long-term COVID, like severe oh, God, yeah and so i yeah. may uh talk to him about well this. i you know i've been talking with joe and boy i mean he and i have you know, with all the studies and reading some of the interesting uh, stuff about the booster shots and it actually inducing 
yeah some issues oh yeah um, no no it's not without risk let's be super clear about it it's not without <laughs> risk and and a weird that we yeah. i couldn't say that three months ago you know without uh, being deplatformed it's just such of course such well bullshit. yeah Ugh. well of course it's bullshit yeah, yeah. but um you know i i know that you are a avid meat eater i am and, but it, um, but i to to i've had the you know i'm much like jordan peterson who had an extreme positive response to the eat i that's been my really had a positive response i really have the more that when i get away from it i don't feel as good interesting yeah interesting. i think there so, are different biologies out there i think that's what it boils down to very okay different. i i got you yeah. but you know i i wanted to also talk to the, your first caller's point mm. you know I, I know that you know that i've been going i was going through a family court issue right hundred thousand dollars in three years of prolonged agony has finally come to an end but you know family court is it looks like a court and, and just, just like you said in divorce court mm. uh if if you can remember some of this stuff oh yeah it, it's it, it it looks like a court there's judge there's a judge there's lawyers there's clerks yeah, but it's not a court it's not a real court no yeah and you leave your privileges at the door which is the really oh. weird thing about it that's crazy. well you know and and that's the thing your fate is in the hands of one judge mm. there's no jury mm -hmm. and and you're right the judges and the lawyers all know each other they're mm -hmm. very chummy mm -hmm. and basically they try to milk every last bit out of you and say okay then we'll finally come to a an agreement but that's after going through the ringer and like i said i spent a hundred grand on a on something i shouldn't have spent any money on i know i'm so I sorry a, i'm so sorry well, i had a mediation i had a you know yeah. uh, 12 years ago and that was essentially an agreement you know that you know this is what you're going to get and my ex you know basically got and if no you invested that money you'd have a million bucks that's right oh my god susan it's so right oh. yeah and, and and there's a weird there's a weird manipulation that goes on with the lawyers where they go to both parties they'll go like well that's your right that's your right to do this so don't you want to get what's rightfully yours and then they then oh, that, god. and they know that's another year of their fighting and, and collecting fees right and and you know n there's no lawyer that will take it on contingency because no. <laughs> it's an hourly you know so, so you know they have no incentive to stop the uh the fight mm -hmm. no it's and, it's uh, high it's disincentivized in fact quite the opposite yeah yeah well of course and you know the, the thing that's fueling it uh basically is anyone who owns a home in california that if there's equity in it that's what the lawyers Susan, go after. promise me we never get divorced but right here now oh, in front of God. everybody susan you ready Oh, make, make the commitment to right now. We're, we're never going to divorce, no matter what. We're good. You've just well, you just get you know, an anger the one bitch thing. sometimes. What? Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. The what? You just have to put up with me being an angry bitch sometimes. Okay, but if, if it comes to divorce, just go ahead and shoot me. Oh, no. You just go ahead. You just go ahead and commit murder. Oh, so I can go to jail. Like no, that. I won't tell anybody. Don't worry. I'm, I'm right, I'm, You'll be dead. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, let me tell you something. <laughs> You, you know, you know, you know, Jeanette and I got married and before I got married to her, I told her I had to prenup her mm -hmm. and, and, and it's California. I said, mm -hmm. I, we're in the state of California. Mm -hmm. It is the most horrific to have family court, uh, be in your life is the worst thing yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You and and you've had several guests on in the past who've been raped by the family court. Oh my God! It was uh, uh, what's his name? The guy I met over on Gutfeld. Um, the 
the comedian, the he actor. Was an act, he's an actor, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, he was yeah. really, I mean, I was skeptical. I had to read his book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he I, read his, I read his book, too. Yeah. 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 It just sounded yeah, no. like there was something wrong with him. Well, know, it sounded like he was no. distorting certain things, but I'll be damned yeah, but if they, there weren't, he had all the evidence. They treated him so poorly. It's like, well, what was wrong with you? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, just not right. It was bad. Well, when you, when you go through, when you get, you know, you know, rear-ended by the family court, mm. you come <laughs> out, you know, <laughs> kind of warped and, uh, and, and not thinking straight because, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I went through three years of hell, and mm -hmm. so I feel bad for the your first caller. Oh my God, you know, I know she, it's terrible. Yeah. So ring it, yeah. ring on my narcissism and evil uh, topic. Any? Do you have a <laughs> definition of evil? Well, it's funny that you should mention that. So it just so happens one of my good friends who I met in a twelve step happens to be a family court lawyer mm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it kind of all ties together <laughs> is, is he the evil is he the devil is that what you're saying you met a devil in 12 well, step well 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 the funny thing is you know you meet people in 12 step he's a son of an incredibly famous screenwriter mm. and and he uh practices schoidenfreud i mean you know that concept right you know the pleasure of seeing people in pain and, and it he comes likes from that a, he likes that he, yeah he, he's and and i can only take little doses of him i oh, can't boy. be with him too often does he feel like he's he getting like people like justifying like he feels like this is justice for people that deserve it or something yeah well you know he's a very you know he's very um he makes woody allen look normal in terms mm. of his neuroses mm. he's a member of uh, my tribe and and uh basically you know we inherently have issues with it with neuroses and such but he takes it to a new level and he um you know the thing with him is you know he's a loner and but he's brilliant he's a brilliant man mm -hmm. but he has lots of issues and he is a narcissist and mm. he has yeah. a lot of uh of issues and like i said i can only take small doses of him you know uh i mean well, like i said like he, i find intriguing yeah. it'd be interesting to thump on him a little bit and see how he how he functions oh well my ex-wife wants to torture him to death that's how <laughs> wow you surrounded <laughs> yourself how... with people with certain proclivities here Liam. hold on just saying it, 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 this is true dr drew listen i it, the only normal one that i've had thus far is is jeanette so All right. well, you listen, know i i have very few people i gotta put you back down you got a bunch of hands yeah. up here so but thank Sounds you good. we're gonna get you on here susan right yeah you gotta get awesome. your topics together and we can you know I love it. Chit chat. All right. It sounds great. Right, I love friend. it. All right. The winner. <laughs> right. The winner. The winner. All right. The, the where is the Dr. Drew bobblehead, which is uh, here. Susan would uh, slay me if I didn't uh, mention this. And you should go get your bobbleheads where, Susan? DrDrew.com slash shop. Yeah, you got right. it. There it is. Um, you, you must be slow on the sales because you've been anxious when you've been moving the bobbleheads around lately. Yes? I'm, no, I'm just. I'm typing right now. Okay. So, you but know, I can only do one thing I, at a I'm time. Gonna, I'm going to ask you to uh, turn And your, then I had to turn my mic on. I'm going to ask you to turn your attention this way for a second. Because okay. What do you P want? P I know people are asking for you. No, no, Susan. No, no Susan. I'm, Where I'm is Susan I'm on today? the restream. I'm, I'm responding. Okay. But they want you. I your... saw a guy named Sean Merrick, but I don't know if it's the same one that I used to work with at, at Sideshow. Oh, interesting. I remember Sean. He was, he, was, he produced my calling okay. out with Susan Pinsky. And which you're going to bring back, right? Yeah. We're thinking about it in May, so. You better be coming up in May. I'm coming up in May. <laughs> For the mommies out there, you'll appreciate that. Uh, I want to get any on here on my show. Oh, really? That's interesting. <laughs> All right, let me bring uh, Bruce Wayne up here. His, 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 uh... Hi, Bruce. 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 Hey, Mick Wayne. How are you, sir? 
Oh, thank you. I'd like to ask you, doctor, what's your medical specialty? Okay. Is it psychology? So let me, so let me tell you my training. So um, I uh, had really good science training at Amherst College. Did four years of medical school. Then I did uh, three years of uh, general internal medicine. Then I ended up doing a chief residency in teaching internal medicine. Then I continued to teach and uh, had an assistant clinical professor position in internal medicine. Alongside of that, I started working in a psychiatric hospital. And in that hospital, I ran their medical services. I became sort of an expert in the medical care of psychiatric patients. But uh, in 1991, I ended up taking over their addiction services and became the program medical director of addiction medicine, and then got a second professorship through the Department of Psychiatry, uh, where I was teaching medical students about addiction medicine. And so I sort of had two simultaneous, well, three simultaneous careers. I had outpatient medicine, inpatient medicine, and ran a large addiction recovery program. And so my opinions on addiction recovery and addiction treatment are pretty, um, you know, I've, I've been through so many cycles and fads and ideas in addiction treatment. I'm very skeptical of moving too far from the basics. And I'm concerned when my peers aren't trained in the full spectrum of how, how addiction treatment goes. Anyway, that's, that's a sidebar. But that, so, so my I'm also, I'm a fellow with the American College of Physicians. I'm a fellow with the American Board of Addiction Medicine. I have, I'm double board certified and there you go. Great, great, fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to ask you from your professional perspective, mm -hmm. what do you think would cause Will Smith to get up on stage at the Oscars and slap you know, it's a really important question, and I'm not sure we'll ever know the answer. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, I've treated a lot of celebrities over the years, and whenever there has been behaviors upon which people are speculating in the, in the celebrity press, you know, the TMZ and whatever, they're trying to figure out what's, you know, what's gotten into that guy. I can assure you when I actually got them in the room and closed the door and evaluated this person, the problems were far worse, far worse than anything anybody oh, wow. had speculated. So what causes somebody to violate the sort of norms of behavior whereby the basic principle of audience and performer and you know what those roles are is violated that and on live tv that's a something really profound is going on i don't know what i don't know how you know i i hope he's okay but uh it is something and i i suspect we will never know uh but it's not nothing i i, I promise you it's not nothing it's some something um i, I don't know what I couldn't, couldn't even speculate. There's many things that I can see, behaviors I can see, and I can, you know, like when uh, Charlie Sheen became hypomanic, he actually became manic. Oh, that was wow. easy. That was easy to see. That's what that is. That's, that's you know, if you were teaching in medical school and you wanted to show a, an example of mania, you'd roll the tape of, uh, of Charlie Sheen back in those days when he was strung out on a lot of stuff. Now, what was the mania due to? Well, back I don't then, think he, I don't think Will Smith was high on pot, though. Did I say that? Well, you sound like a real doctor. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. I, I don't know I what. Don't, I don't know if he was high on anything. If he was high on pot, he wouldn't have done that. But I, I don't know if he's high on anything, Susan. I, I, you, oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying you're I, ruling I can out. Say it. I'm weed. not a doctor. I'm just. She's ruling out, out weed there. because there was aggression involved. <laughs> yeah. So I see. Okay. Yeah. Like you know, sometimes when people drink one too many, they they don't they forget where they are. So you think it could be drinking? Yeah. Okay. Could. So that's possible. It could. I don't think he was drinking on. Uh, 
at that time. I he, think that, uh, yeah. What do you think? You have a theory? What I think? Mm. What do you think? I think that... I think that uh, you you probably understand this a lot better than other people that actually don't live in California and, you know, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I'm assuming that you live there. Yeah. But I think that being being a celebrity is so stressful that people cannot even comprehend what it's like. I think it's like hell, basically. And especially when the media narrative about your life changes as well because yes. he has yeah. gotten some bad press for the last two years yeah so to find a catharsis for that and to to essentially expel a lot of the stress aggression and anger yeah. was probably difficult for him being a celebrity i guess they feel that they have to do it in a public way too because yeah you know an ordinary person if they're angry they will get their anger out well, let, let me let me let me tell you having had a public life and treated many 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 celebrities um being a celebrity is not that difficult it's better it's better than not being a celebrity so what they fear really oh yeah what they fear is losing the celebrity being irrelevant getting older that's what they freak out about the celebrities there are a few that hate it there you know who they are you know there but but most of them fear losing it now you're absolutely correct bruce when it comes to the narratives and the negative press they freak out you got to remember most of these people have never had a job and their identity is completely caught up in bullshit frankly and so uh, you can tell the difference between celebrities that have had real jobs and those that have not it's an important thing to have worked in the world and toiled if you, if it's all been you know zero gravity celebrity life you don't know anything else and you you cling to it like a maniac which is what happens to a lot of these folks and and because their whole identity is tied into it any threat upon it includes a deep threat to who they are so so it's 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 a little different than you imagine uh, in fact, the, the, when you're treating a celebrity, the greatest problem I have is their the speed with which they want to return to work. That is their greatest threat in terms of them getting better from addiction and things like that. So it's it's an it's interesting, but it's not as though there's a special you know mental health manual for celebrities. There just isn't. They're they're the same as everybody else. They get the same. In fact, they have a little higher incidence of certain mental health issues than than the average public. Um, I, I don't know if some of that is, you know, like what? bipolar disorder, addiction, narcissistic traits. Those are, those are, we actually, I actually have the only published study on this. I was, because I know so many celebrities, and I have contact with so many, I was able to actually do, you know, personality inventories on a couple, over 250 of them. And it was very clear, more childhood trauma. In fact, we were able to build a model that showed that the celebrity itself was a bid to deal with the narcissistic injury of the childhood trauma. So, so actually, the 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 wow. yeah, celebrity itself was supposed to save them. Did you see Will Smith in the interviews where he went around last year talking about his book, where he talked about the domestic violence in his home and the, how he would never yes. go back to that? That's what that's what he is running away from that and building this huge persona on top of it. In fact, he went so far in the interviews I saw to say. This isn't me. The Will Stiff you think you know it is not me. It's not. It's. I'm, he went so far as to say that 
And yet he couldn't drop the Will Smith, I know, that I see in public. He really, I don't know who he is underneath that, but he, he was at least able to say that his genuine self is somebody different. And the other thing celebrities do is they, they, in addition to running back to work quickly, they tend to avoid the real hard work. They, they can, they can, unless their life depends upon it, like a drug addict, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, they'd rather return to the, the, this bid to, so, it's so gratifying to be an actor, to be a celebrity, to do all these things that are really, they, they work, except they don't. They, they work while you're doing them, but the shame and all the feelings that are left behind from the adverse childhood experiences, of course, are still there. Does that make sense? Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. You bet. After this, after this, like, you know, conversation, I'm now convinced you are a real doctor. I'm <laughs> well, joking. I'm joking. <laughs> All right, but, Bruce. Thank you for that. I appreciate it, my friend. <laughs> thank Bruce. you. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, well, the one wait, thing... Wait. Wait, I, I take offense to that. I'm going to slap you in the face. Yeah, the Don't one... you say mean things about my husband. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you just keep my husband's Susan, keep name out of your, your mouth. mouth. Oh, here you you... Go. Now, listen, this is a perfect example. Like mm. when people, I remember when people were like totally attacking you on Twitter and stuff. Mm. And I was responding. I was the only one who would respond. Like I was like, dude, like don't say that about my head. Like I was so protective of you. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. I get that. But, you get that feeling, yeah. But if he's is. had abuse in his family and he comes from an abusive family, mm-hmm. who's to say he's not also doing that kind of stuff? So in some way, the, I, I will not accuse him of anything behind but, the scenes. But what, what I'm saying is, I mean, we saw him act like a crazy person, mm-hmm. and I would not want to get yelled at by him. And I mean, Chris Rock was just like, "Dude, okay, all right, yeah, I like, won't. I okay, won't. Well, sorry. Like, what, what are we it's doing a joke. here?" man you know it's about gi jane like huh yeah it was so uh, but the but there is something deeper and maybe it's just sensitivity in hollywood about being on top and and making it work again after COVID 19 and and being something something up in the public eye and have to go to these award shows and yeah i don't know it it, it's all very weird but anyways i am very defensive about you when people say horrible things and sometimes i respond and sometimes they go oops you know sorry and <laughs> sometimes they don't <laughs> so so here's the one thing i want to say and we'll take a little break and we'll go back to the phones which is that i i'm i found myself recently coaching people up tr- not to think of these traits that have names that are sort of pejorative by their nature don't think about the person negatively or that these traits that so all traits are adaptive it's the human trying to adapt trying to survive so there's a reason we have these various traits we run to when we've had essentially our being attacked with trauma abuse whatever it might be we have these traits that develop and they are adaptive and once they uh you sort of hit adulthood those adaptations don't work so well however it comes with assets it can be an asset or a liability i was saying this on a TikTok today which is if you're a fighter pilot and you have this bigger than life self you built around yourself you feel invincible and you could never be hurt that's good for being a fighter pilot as long as you're not heedless it's good to then being afraid how could you possibly be a fighter pilot uh so there's that asset but the liability is the envy we've been talking about the empathic failure and those things really come out in the interpersonal relationships. It's, you know, when I f- first started doing Loveline, I, I did not have a lot of uh, psychiatric experience at that time. 
And I remember thinking, oh, the relationships is where people's craziness comes out. That that's where you whatever whatever trauma we've had, we're reenacting. We're, our attractions are built on our traumas. We you know have have um, feeling states that are we don't normally have or are evoked by other people. It, it's it's where our stuff comes out. Is in the interpersonal world. All right, so let's take a little break. Uh, I've got a few hands up on the clubhouse. I'll get to that in just a second. Of course, I'm watching you on restream, and uh, we will be right back. Let me take a minute to tell you about Blue Mics. Over the two years we've been working with our friends at Blue Mics, the world has completely adapted to working and meeting virtually. So whether you know it or not, you probably spent a lot of time in front of a microphone. And take it from someone who has spent probably half my life on a microphone, sounding good is extremely important. And because of Blue Mics, I have never sounded better. But a good mic isn't just for broadcasting. Quality audio makes a big impact on whomever is listening on the other end, from coworkers to clients to friends. Clear sound can make all the difference. Thanks to Blue Mics, you don't need complicated or expensive equipment to get professional results. For simple plug-and-play setups, try Blue Mics Yeti series. It plugs right into your USB port on your computer. Need something more robust? Blue's got an entire line of professional XLR mics like the mouse or the blueberry we use here in our studio, as well as the more compact Encore 300. I love it for clear quality sound when we travel. Bottom line, there is no excuse to be the one on the conference call who sounds like you're in a tunnel or underwater. I cannot say enough about blue mics, and once you try one, you will never go back. To take your audio to the next level, just go to drdrew.com blue. That is drdrew.com B-L-U-E. So I was uh, watching the restream and uh, explaining to people that uh, people were asking, bring Loveline back. And Loveline doesn't really work. Radio doesn't work the way it used to. So we've been doing, Dr. Drew After Dark is sort of the new incarnation of Loveline. On people, steroids. On steroids a little bit. And Susan's actually part of this show. So yeah, I think I'm running it. the show though. Yeah. Oh, all right, let's get into that in a second. But, but, um, <laughs> but you can, but see, somebody said, I want to call in. We, we do it a little differently at After Dark. We do uh, voice messages. So you call in at 818-253-1693. Caleb, maybe you want to put that up there. I think one day we should have Annie and, and Nadav on, All maybe right. on a weekend, All and right. then take, Good. The, take the After Dark calls so yeah. we can, yeah. you know, just do it with them one day. 818-253-1693, if I remember I, the number Nadav correctly. Nadav said it has to be on the weekend because they work right. too much during the week. Okay, great. That'd be fun. Uh, so we'll get those guys in here as well. But uh, why do you think you're ruining the show, Susan? Well, first of all, you were laughing before the break. Is there something you want to share with us? I was, Chris said, um, I, I guess it had to do with being crazy or whatever. She goes, just get a minivan and a bunch of kids in Wisconsin and and that'll take care of that. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the joke was. She, she probably better delivery on her behalf, but... Um, so how do you ruin the show? So, no, I just feel like... Tom Cigar says, uh, Susan, um, you're 100% good content. I agree. So how do you ruin it? Yeah, I know. But I think some people are think you are a certain way, and they don't want me to divulge so much information. And and it is... I mean, some people find me annoying, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I get it, because not you can't make 100% of the people happy all the time. And I've always been like that. So, all right, so I'm, I'm, I'm watching the restream. Let, uh, so I'm looking I mean, these, down at the, these are our fans, the restream. Of course, here. they all love me and I really appreciate uh, it. But there are people out there who have, I mean, the comments have been predominantly positive, uh, but it, it's, um, I don't know, there's been some negative ones. And I, I guess I just went, oh, good. At least I know that, you know, somebody out there is being Even real. some of our um, 
I don't want to say critics on the restream. There are 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 provocateurs on the restream like you. Okay. I was low and loose for a little on well, a couple I, I of think, comments I on think, Instagram, but that was Instagram. So you understand, was those of you good. from your mom's house, they, they said, oh, you're not high and tight, you're low and loose. And that's that's funny. That's, oh, here we go. Uh, they, can we get more Susan on there, they're saying. You see that? Uh, you know what? Nadav said no, because they don't want to oversaturate, I said. I understand. So we're I'm, gonna, not, I'm not oversaturating anything. We're going to get you back. But they don't pay me, so it's okay. And Blake, we will get those boys <laughs> on here. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, I enjoyed doing it. It was really fun. And we There's have a, one that's coming up that I should be interesting. Very intense. Very intense. But So um, let's just say I give... Susan, a rash of shit about something. I know they. They're and so. We'll, we'll be. We will be really nice next time. But we were not. Well, for example, like the like the armpit thing that was oh, yeah, yeah. on the last show that yeah. I was on. They, people didn't like that. They they gave me. They said, "What are?" They asked me, "What are erogenous zones?" Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, everybody knows that, right?" But then I thought I would throw one at Drew that he doesn't like enjoy or he has no interest in because. It's not like I was trying to be funny, I guess, but some people didn't. They found it found it tasteless. That, that one comment? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's other. Then, then they were just responding. They are not. Well, they are not your mom's house people. They're <laughs> yeah, not. They're not. They don't I understand guess, what this is. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then when the you know, I guess when the war broke out, the ratings kind of went down a little bit. But I think uh, that's for everybody. We have some new stuff going on over there. But I I love it. I love being. They with actually guys. are there. I'm looking at their comments. They actually want you to drink and come in there. <laughs> So, well, I kind of came in a little, a little tired after going out the night before. So you'll get to see what that looks like. Well, I, I will, I will, uh, <laughs> I'll pull the curtain back and say, Susan's behavior was so concerning. We gave her a sociopath or psychopath test. <laughs> and, um, she Shh, don't tell everybody what happened. you're going to have to watch to see. The no, results. it hasn't come out yet. You're right. no spoilers. All right, all right. See, this is what you do, Drew. You, you yeah, send out I'm the bad. spoilers yes, and then we get in trouble. Yeah. I'll, I'll get a phone call from Nadav. Yeah. He okay. thinks it's me. Okay. No, no, but it it's me. usually <laughs> you. <laughs> it's me. It's me. I take all the shit for that too. Like Susan can't keep a secret. I heard that on the other day when you guys were on together. It's like you I, guys. I, yeah, you and Nadav. You were telling him that I can't keep a secret, but I think it's more you than me. Probably. I'm really good at keeping secrets. Um, I I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let you get away with that completely. Well, sometimes you don't tell me it's a secret, and then it's you know maybe you, one no. Person. It's that you forget it's a secret. <laughs> that, that's a different problem. All right, here we uh, go again. All right, so so but Hot sauce is the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I just put up. If uh, all right, let's get to it. Annie is a bit adorable though. I love working with him and Nadav. Nadav wasn't on the show with me last time. I was kind of mm. bummed because I love his big chuckle. You yes, know? we miss he, it. He's like he's like a soundtrack of laughs. He, it really changes the the, the momentum. Yeah, it does. All right, so we're gonna uh, try to get some guests up here. This is Sean Asani. And thank you for your calls on Clubhouse. Thanks yeah. everybody. If you want to join Clubhouse, give me an email at. Contact at drdrew.com and we'll get you in there. She'll put you through. Uh, Sean. Or Sean. Uh, hey, Dr. Drew. Um, thanks for taking my uh, handwritten request. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, I've been listening to you for a while. Um, you know, I'm, I, I used to be... Uh, sorry. Uh-oh. You know, I'm uh, recovering from... Uh, um, 
I, I used to, you know, uh, be addicted to like, uh, you know, a couple of uh, like, like some, uh, some prescription, um, like opiates, benzos. I just, no, 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 no. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm trying to recover and, um, cool. Thank you for doing all that you do. And, uh, and, uh, just here's my, here's my words to you. What's important is keep trying. That's really all that's important. Uh, uh, just for alcoholism, there, there are some people don't understand that for somebody to get treatment and be better, that that's really unusual. The average for alcohol, for even for alcohol and that, and alcohol is the, not as not as problematic as some of the other drugs for alcohol on average it's five treatments and four four treatments and five years to get one year of sobriety so it it takes what it takes i mean you just got to keep swinging at the plate and just hang in there and and there's not one thing for everybody there's some people need mood stabilization some people need replacement therapies or you know what's called medically assisted treatment some there's lots of things that can be used for a given individual to make recovery possible that's it yeah okay thank you uh i just yeah uh, look i'm it's it's been really hard to recover and you know i'm willing to accept the new stark reality um that uh you know it's just keep 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 trying my friend just stay there accept support if you know if if you you know really the real problem these days is that nobody has enough resources to pay for a lot of professional services thank god there are free services everywhere and thank god people have gotten used to using zoom um, you can use zoom professional resources now and we use better help i've referred to them before and you can also get obviously any other professional resources but 12 step is available everywhere all the time and it's free and it's free and it's free and it's free and uh so you don't have to worry if they're if you have trouble uh getting enough resources but that is the number one problem that people have uh let's talk to Delilah. did you know there's a chat on clubhouse i did know there's a little yeah i did see that yeah yeah Mm -mm. she's up there yeah i I was just looking at the chat uh there you are Susie. hi how are you i'm good what's going on (laughs) i'm fine thanks um, I was really interested in what you had to say earlier because I'm a clinical social worker mm. when you were talking about uh, the personality disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, one of it was my favorite topic, actually, mm-hmm. having been raised by somebody with cluster B. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you agree that it's a spectrum disorder? Oh, absolutely. Well, it we well, well, <laughs> it's interesting. It it, it is a, a threshold issue for diagnosis, right? You either either have the disorder or you don't and again you know interpersonal and and professional functioning and that kind of thing is really sort of the the threshold but but for everybody else it is a continuum right uh and we what we think of it is less the reason i was laughing is people don't think of it as a continuum so much as a variety of traits but same thing right it's, it's continuous some of the traits are intense right. some of them are lesser some of them are you know very some people have lots of these traits some people have very few of them and so yeah in, in a sense it is kind of a continuum i'd say i agree with that yeah because one of the things I, I don't remember if you were the one who mentioned this a long time ago but you can be a narcissist and not be a sociopath or a psychopath mm. but you can't be a sociopath or a psychopath and not be a narcissist correct correct these are these are so the and same with borderline right 
It's yes. these are separate syndromes. In fact, there was a point at which in the DSM five, they were going to get away from the way we still are characterizing personalities and have it all built around narcissism. Like there was a narcissistic core to all personality disorders and they were going to build it out from there, but it, it didn't really work. It really is cluster B. I mean, it's the bottom line. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if they reconfigure cluster B a little bit. That would be interesting. I yeah. hope that they do yeah. because and it really is yeah. a, a more broad. You've seen it. I'm it, sure. What, what, what happened with you in your situation? Was it mom or dad or? Oh, my mother. My yeah. mother is a cluster B classic. Border, um, border. And we, obviously, we, we master what we cannot ourselves achieve. So here I am, you know, doing mm -hmm. the good work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was um, and is, um, she has um, depression, anxiety, um, borderline, narcissism. Um, something about her seems bipolar to me, honestly. Well, well um, you know, some people theorize that bipolar and borderline are related. Uh, that, mm. speaking of continuums, that there's a continuum between bipolar and, and, uh, and, uh, borderline. Uh, I, I'm not of that school of thought, but I, I see what they're talking about because the, the cycling of the moods and the, you know, uh, very, very common or the inst instability of the moods are so common in borderline. And often they get put on mood stabilizers and often that helps. So people go, aha, see, it's actually a mood disorder, but it's yeah, like it's that like, is interesting. Yeah, it's like saying if somebody with addiction has a lot of mood problems, it's like, well, yeah, they they will. I do put them on mood stabilizers. They will get better. They're drug addicts, and and, and we're just trying to deal with the symptoms of drug addiction that include the the mood disturbance. So yeah, it is it's interesting. It's very hard. It's very hard. It's to very have hard to differentiate. Did you? It's very hard to differentiate. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I was just saying, like when somebody's on on drugs and alcohol, yeah. or when somebody has one of these um, oh, yeah. mood disorders and personality disorders, oh, yeah. it's very hard to differentiate until you get rid of or treat one of the, you know, um, the, the issues, yep, that's right, right? The addiction or whatever else is going on. So my mother, in fact, yeah, sorry. My, my mom had some stuff. I can't quite, it's hers was a, my mom was a mixed picture. Very odd to try to characterize. Christina P had a dad who's a narcissist and a mom who's borderline. Dad was probably a, soci oh, probably a sociopath, right? Because borderlines and sociopaths are super attracted to each other. Um, Big time. did you have both in your life? Was it, or was it? No, my, my father was the enabler. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, and still is a saint. He's actually a retired physician. Um, mm -hmm. and he was the, he just did everything my mom asked of him mm -hmm. just to keep her, her anger quiet. Su um, Susan, you're laughing again. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Is that what you do for me? I think that's what Moore did for Helene. My, my yeah, kind of, but I don't think she had like a, I don't think she had a substance abuse problem. Mm, Hers uh, was more psychological. Yeah, more. Uh, yeah, she had she had the unregulated hostility. But, that but if had. you you know if you go into sobriety, like for example, our daughter just recently came out and she talks about it openly, so I can say it. Um, she stopped smoking pot, and then all of a sudden, all her other diagnoses went away. Went out the window. Completely she was went no away. longer manic depressive, or she didn't have you know some kind of esophagitis and she had you know she had a million things the that vomiting just wasn't up. her gallbladder it was the cannabis hyperemesis yeah you know, any, anything but look at the drug yeah yeah but that's what Susie's saying that's her point really so but it's funny how people don't understand that i it's it's i, I never believed she was a manic depressive yeah, i was funny like funny is it's 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 too tragic for me to call it funny when, when people spend long periods of time doing anything but looking at the drug and doctors co-sign right. that bullshit so yeah anyway 
Uh, I'm, but, I'm glad your daughter's doing better now. Yeah, that was I mean, wonderful to hear. She like she says now she just she's so happy she's not waking up to a bong in the morning. Like mm -hmm. I was like, what? Like really? I didn't know that. You know, and I she's very pr I'm very proud of her. Mm -hmm. She's been sober for very, very, over 90 days. Yeah. So amazing. Hundred over 100 days. That yeah. is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and very All active in the program, like fully into the program, which has been amazing to see. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, and, it's and fun the, to see and, how it works, you and know. And the miracles, firsthand. the miracles start like very quickly. The, the kinds of things. She woke up at five fifty this morning and wrote for two hours. Mm. There you go. And she says, "Wow, I hope, I hope I can keep doing this." I said, "Yeah, probably can." She can because it's in her already. She just needed to remove the drug. Yeah, you know the addiction, the addictive piece of it, and yes. not that she's not still addicted, but that she's not still connected to the drug the same way. So now she has the freedom to access all these other aspects of her and even be. I guess, in a sense, addicted to this new feeling and yeah. these new things that she's doing that, that are healthier. That's that worries me a little bit because she has to be a perfectionist at everything. So, but, but, but <laughs> what Susie, could that turn into? But, Drew? But, well, that, that we'll deal with her codependency and stuff later. I'm sure that's in there somewhere. But, 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 Susie, the, the, to your point about accessing that—that that has been one of the really interesting things. She's been accessing parts of herself that she had disavowed. And now integrating all the parts and, and bringing them all in and, and, and using the strengths of all these different things that she's done across her lifespan has been really interesting to watch. And that, that's recovery. That's the that's the miracle of the process of recovery. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see her blossom because she's so smart. I mean, she comes from the two of you. She's full of all of these wonderful things. And I'm so glad that she's able to embrace them and access them and use the, utilize them to her benefit at this time. Thank you. Well, thank you, Susie. But now, she's smarter than me. Yeah, but now, Susie, <laughs> it, it says on your, on your uh, Clubhouse uh, profile here, Susie the Twit. So <laughs> what's that all about? <laughs> what, what's going on there? Well, a friend helped me name my Twitter um, ah, account, uh -huh. and my my brother is, a, I don't want to say he's famous in radio, and so if you go to my Twitter page, it'll say, Susie the Twit, I'm not Doug, meaning I'm not my brother. Got it. It's sort of, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, nice to meet you, and thank you for stopping by, and um, sorry about the, the mom thing, but uh, I, I know what it, you know, I, I know what that is, and it, it, like everything comes with, with assets and liabilities. It gives you, well, yes. you know, tons of uh, empathy because you're, you've been busy managing her most of your childhood and now you can tune into other people. It's just keeping your boundaries clear become the challenge, right? Absolutely. And oh. I, you know, I never realized your um, your mom and I, my mom were at all similar. So I'm mm -hmm. sorry about your mom as well. And um, thank you for, for being such a wonderful voice for all of us. Really thank appreciate you, you and, and Susan and everything that you do. Thank you, Susie. Susie is great, everybody. Thank you, Susie. Yeah. Your mom had a lot of trauma. Which she never really told us. We could right. never get we it don't out know. of her. Well, we, we know, know that she ran away. She left, she left home, home at, 18 at 18 and came to California yeah. to be an actress, was hanging well, she, around a lot of mobsters that no, was worse married she, a man who was 50 when she was 18 to, he was and, he was more than 50 and was working in hollywood he was, you know he was more than 50 right? and he she was, was very attractive so we there might have been some sexual abuse right, right. that was well, she'd allude to it and like, she was always very angry at men and you know so i'm assuming that happened mm -hmm. but but um I think her career ended when she had you too. Mm -hmm, and it was, mm -hmm. that was probably very difficult for her to suddenly be somebody else. So mm -hmm. I kind of gave her credit for that. Um, but she could get a little crazy. Mm -hmm. You were subjected to a little bit of once in a while, weren't you? She was pretty nice to me, you know, because I respected her for whatever 
she was she, how she was. I kind of I I was glad that you know she had done what she she wasn't the typical Pasadena wife. No, that's for sure. And that that was good for me because yeah. I'm I'm not the typical Pasadena what? wife. Mm-mm. Caleb, what do you think? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> don't rope me no, into but this. But then again, you wouldn't have. <laughs> but then you wouldn't have found uh, my mom on After Dark either. So uh, yeah, but you didn't. You you didn't weren't attracted to the Pasadena type. You're no. attracted to more no. No. more like your mother, and I think I'm more like your mother. That's what your mom used to say. I could never see it. You remember that? Yeah, just maybe the glamorous kind of Hollywood fun. Remember how she used to say that? Your mom? Yeah. I, I didn't. I could maybe. never figure out what she was talking about. Yeah. yeah, well, you're too close. Yeah, It's not your problem. <laughs> or, or actually, it is, but different, different <laughs> for a different day. So, <laughs> uh, okay. You're stuck with it now. I, I just made you promise. You promised. 40 years you've been with you this You promised bitch. in front of God and everybody there will be never no divorce. So Don't worry that. about it. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I know you, how much you like your money. I'll be around if, forever. If I show up dead. You know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So. Oh, God, right, Drew. Listen, listen. I'm not going to kill you in your uh, sleep. Don't worry. Okay, well, I'm gonna I, I want to make you. sure we put it on the record here, just in case you had no idea. <laughs> Push you off so, the balcony. So um, let's wrap things up here, guys. Thank you for stopping by for an extra show and, for, and Caleb for running in after your studies. Everything turned out okay? Uh, we, we don't know yet. Uh, I just, I still don't know how I tested positive for tuberculosis. It sounds like one of those things from like Oregon trail. Uh, no, I, I explained it. Oh I, explained, I explained it to you, right? God. Yeah. Right? They explained it to me it, too. It's like, it could have been latent. It could have been living in me for a year. That's why nobody seemed freaked out and right. worried about it. And I go research no. it. And I'm like, yeah. wait, a bunch of people die from this. Apparently. But they no, didn't seem worried. That's so. Secondary tuberculosis. That's activated tuberculosis. That's what right. they need to prevent now. So they and then they can activate it by giving you the Humira and all that stuff they want to give you. So they've got to get it under control first and it's easily controllable. Did they talk about the antibiotics you need to take? Not yet, because they wanted to do the test again because I have no symptoms. So they wanted I had to do a, a CT scan and another blood test and redo it just to make sure it wasn't a false positive. Because it's just, I, I mean, what else can they toss? I mean, had COVID, then I had Crohn's, and I had I know. <laughs> now t- I know. supposedly I tuberculosis. Know. It's like, what's the, the Oregon well, Trail it's, thing? It's primary TB. I, I, you know, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, geez. TB is very. Co- Listen, you go on the street, the homeless. That's TB is all over the place. It, it's oh, yeah. very common. Well, that's what um, they told me. So I, that a, calmed me down by a yeah. lot. Is like understanding that I guess this is yeah. a really widespread thing and not to worry about it. And it's just I take some sort of antibiotics if it, or right. something when it if it turns out to be there so correct i feel great it's it's why they tested you it's why they test you because this thing is around and if you're going to be on immunosuppressive drugs they can reactivate the tb and that's a problem and then the antibiotics they're i'm not going to tell you they're fun they're kind of a nuisance but but um but they work so you know, just get it done and that's the end of yeah day. and i sure um, went in there with right, that everybody. first blood test and i was making jokes about it i'm like why are they giving me a tb test this is so silly i have no <laughs> symptoms and th- i came back to the same nurse day i'm like i guess this is why <laughs> this is why our, our our friend uh, Anthony Brown said isoniazid for six months. That's right, uh, and, and they they actually have other protocols now. Anthony, uh, they have combos, you know, of antibiotics, and sometimes you can get by with three months. And so let's see what they want to do with him. It'll be interesting. But the old fashioned is INH, isoniazid, three months. That's how we that's how we did it back in the day, right, Anthony? Anthony Anthony Brown's on the stream here. Uh, okay, everybody, we pre- appreciate you. <laughs> Look at Rex. By. Rex is just like. I don't see, He's just like laying down, just snoring, and what's he been up to while we were out of town? I don't know. Rex, what did you do? What did you party when I was gone? 
Is he awake now? Did you party? He's looking at me like, huh? What'd I do? Huh? Caleb's doing a slow push on my camera while we, what, you, <laughs> what did you do? So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will see you tomorrow at two o'clock. Ta-ta. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Thank <laughs> you.